Amen. Take your Bibles, turn to the second book of Samuel, Samuel chapter number two and verse nine. Title of the message this evening is a message from the king, a message from the king. I want to talk and uh, preach a little about Mephibosheth, a message that changed everything. I'm going to read the whole chapter, 13 verses here. It's in 2 Samuel chapter number 9 and verse 1 where it says, And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show uh, him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of uh, Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto the king... The king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba, or Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto him, or unto the king, behold, he is in the house of Machur, the son of Ammael in Lodabar. And the king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machur, the son of Ammael uh, from Lodabar. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth, And he answered, Behold thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. And he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant, that thou shouldest look upon such a dead dog as I am. Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thy master's son all that pertained to Saul and to all his house. Thou therefore, and thy sons and thy servants, shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, Thy master's son shall eat bread alway at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Ziba unto the, unto the king, According to all that my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth had a son who was whose name was Matcher, or whose name was Micha. And all that dwelt in the house of Ziba were servants unto Mephibosheth. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame on both his feet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would take this portion of Scripture, Lord, and and speak to us through it. We're asking God that you would do a work here, that you would minister to, to those that are in need, 
Lord, you know the heart of every person viewing right now, and I just pray, Lord, that your name would be uplifted. Lord, you'd use me to convey what you'd have for this evening. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we just uh, we read a portion of Scripture about a person named Mephibosheth. And we know from previous Scripture that when Mephibosheth was five years old, his caregiver, his nurse, was in a, uh, a sticky situation. She picked him up and was running with him and accidentally dropped Mephibosheth on his feet. And from that point on, he was crippled. Uh, he, he could not walk. He could not use his feet. And so he, he had that disability to live with the rest of his life. And going back in scripture, we know that a covenant was established between David and Jonathan. We know that King Saul was trying to get rid of David, was trying to really take his life. Uh, but Saul's son, Jonathan, spared him time and time again. Because of that, there was a covenant that was given. And the, the one request was, David, coming from Jonathan, David, take care. Basically paraphrasing, but take care of my family. Show kindness unto my family. And so now David is now on the throne. He is king. And he remembers that covenant that, was, that, that took place, and he, he remembers that. And uh, we see in verse 1 where it says, Is there left of the house of Saul, is there any left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now let's just think about the place or, or even the person of Mephibosheth. Um, he lived in a place, the Bible describes here, as Lodabar. Lodabar. And I, I looked a little more into the, the meaning. What, what does Lodabar mean? It's mentioned a, a couple of times in this passage of Scripture, so I looked it up, and uh, this is what it means in the Hebrew. Lo literally means not or no. And Dabar means pasture. So th- literally, Lodabar, this is what it means, a place of no pasture. No pasture. Now, we don't really relate the same with that anymore because we're not all farmers. But it was great provision to have a pasture. It was it was a, it was a, 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 a supply of food. It was it was wealth. It was prosperity. And it literally, what we can would take out of a, a place called Lodabar, it was a place of great poverty. It was a place um, of despair, a place of hunger, a place of need, a place perhaps of uncertainty, a place where not a lot of people really wanted to reside in. Perhaps the real estate was even really cheap in this land as well. I don't, I don't know. But I began to look at the meaning of Lodabar, and I began to think, I wonder how many people are living in a spiritual Lodabar right now. A place of despair, a place of no hope, a place of no prosperity, perhaps. A place of great need as the current circumstances begin to impact us more and more and more. How many people are living in Lodabar? This was where Mephibosheth was residing in. And then Mephibosheth, I looked into what his name meant. And his name, literally, the thought of his name literally means a dispeller of shame. And then it gives the thought to puff or to blow away. Uh, when you disagree with something or you see something that you highly disagree with, what is your response? It's almost, I don't know if you caught that on the mic or not, but you, you, you kind of, you blow. It's not COVID friendly right now, but you, you kind of 
There's shame. You know, oftentimes in the Bible days, uh, people would connect disabilities with God's judgment. Do you remember in the, as Jesus was with his disciples and he came across a man that was blind? And one of the disciples said to him, Master, who did sin, this man or his, his parents, that he was born blind? And so there was a connection with, with, with uh, perhaps if you were blind or if you were uh, lame on your feet or, or whatever, that this was God's judgment upon you. And this wasn't always the case. But perhaps people looked at Mephibosheth with shame because they looked at his feet and they connected his ailment with, with God's judgment. I, I don't know. Needless to say, he was in a place of great poverty, a, a place of, 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 of need, and his name matched what he was going through. <clears throat> but his position, his position, the message of the king was about to change everything. Continue on reading. In verse 3, the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? I like, I like how, how David realized I've got a covenant that I've got to keep, but at the same time, I'm showing him, I'm showing the kindness of God unto him. I'd like to show the kindness of God unto, unto Jonathan's family. Do you know when, perhaps when, when God puts something on your heart, you know, as, as you're an own human being, as somebody of flesh, we have in of, of ourselves, without the Spirit of God, no desire to do the things of God. We have no desire in the flesh to read the Bible. We have no desire in the flesh to, to, to pray to God, to, to do anything for God. So if, if you have a desire to read your Bible, or if you have a desire to, to hear from God or to pray, that is God's heart, God's heart directly coming and, and, and putting that, his, his desire into our heart. And so, so David realized, I, I want to show him the kindness of God. To think that we could be God's boots on the, we are God's boots on the ground. I, I really believe you don't really know a neighborhood until you walk it. You can drive through a neighborhood a hundred times, but until the boots are on the ground, you don't know the neighborhood enough. You don't know where people are living. You don't know uh, enough about it. Boots on the ground. I remember when there was war taking place in Afghanistan, they needed boots on the ground. That was a big debate. Boots on the ground. We are God's boots on the ground. We, we, to think that God has put something into your heart to accomplish his will is my boss. It's, it's very simple, but it's very complex at the same time. So continue on reading with me. The, the latter part of verse 3 says, uh, He hath a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machar, the son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Then king David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machar, the son of uh, Amiel, from Lodabar. So a, a message comes from the king. To a, basically to the ghetto is what we can say Lodabar was. A message comes. Now, we know that from Scripture what we read that that Mephibosheth was fearful before, before, the, before the king. Be, I, and reason to believe that is because when a king would get on the throne, it was custom for the king to kill all the descendants of the previous king. Get rid of any threat. 
get rid of any, 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 anything that might hinder his kingship. So they would often just, all right, any family of the king, let's, let's kill the previous king and all of his descendants. And so perhaps as this message came to Mephibosheth, perhaps he was so very fearful of the outcome that would take place, the message from the king. Is he calling me to, to, to get rid of me? Is he calling me to bring, bring me to the kingdom to, 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 to end my life, to get rid of any threats that, that Saul caused him? And we know that Saul caused David much turmoil. So if anybody had the right to, to get rid of the descendants, surely it would be David. But, you know, the devil wants you to be fearful of the message of the king. Uh, the devil wants you to think that you are no good, that you are, there's judgment connected to you. The devil wants you to think that you can never come to God. The devil wants you to think that you, you are just so far away from God, there, there's just such a big gap between you and God, that there is no hope. But we see the message of the king in this passage of the scripture changed Mephibosheth's life forever. And the message from the king of kings can change your life forever as well. Continue on reading. Now he gets, in verse 6, he gets into the kingdom. Now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, unto Meph- he, and David said Mephibosheth, and he answered, Behold thy servant. David said unto him, fear not. So we know from this, this passage of scripture, there, there is a lot of fear in his life. There, there's a lot of uncertainty. With uncertainty comes fear. But uh, David says, you don't need to be afraid. And look what he says here. He says, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. So he got some really good news. He got, he, he, because of, of the covenant that was taken, that had taken place years ago, he got an inheritance. He's now when, uh, gets news that he's, he's inheriting all his, his, uh, King Saul's land. And not only that, he said this, thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. This is a message of favor. It's a message of favor. An inheritance because of a covenant. Covenant was, I'm going to take care of your family. You know, and then I got to thinking about that. And we too, because of, uh, uh, have an inheritance because of covenant. We have an inheritance because of Christ's covenant. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 4, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. And Hebrews 8, 6 says this, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, and by, uh, and by which also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Hebrews 9.15 says, And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament, or covenant, by, uh, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, or covenant, 
they which are called might receive the promise of the internal inheritance. And then in Revelation chapter number four, we, if you're familiar with that passage of scripture, it's a place where you will stand one day as you give up your crown, as you take your crown off your head, you're going to cast it before the throne of God, and God's going to be on his throne, and there's going to be like a sea, like on a crystal, the Bible says, and there's going to be the saints clothed in white around about the throne, and, and there's going to be a voice like a trumpet, but one of the things that's going to be there is a symbol. It's a symbol of a covenant. There's going to be a rainbow, the Bible says, round about the throne, and this is what it says in Revelation 4 and verse 2, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one that sat on the throne and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto a crystal. God's going to rem- uh, remind you one day when you cast your crown before his, before his feet onto, onto his very throne room. He's going to remind you, hey, the covenant still stands. The covenant's still there because the day, there was a day that you trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There was a day that you gave your life over to God and Jesus Christ in faith. That covenant still stands. Enter in, thou good and faithful servant. The message from the king changes everything. This message of great Favor, continue on reading in verse 7. Uh, at the latter part, again, I'll read. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Continually. Now, I, I love the, the show called Dragon's Den. I think I've seen almost every episode of Dragon's Den. I watched, I watched it so much, I started, I started talking like uh, one of the dragons. My wife would ask me, oh, would you like, can we have this for supper? And I said, well, you know, the time that it may take to make that meal is, would take too long, so I'm going to be out on this one. And she said, well, you better make a peanut butter sandwich then. I said, I think I'll, can I counter on that offer? <laughs> but uh, I like the, the uh, I like Dragon's Den. And you know, when somebody presents something to the dragons, they will often say, okay, I'll, I'll give you what you asked for, but... I want 25% of your company, and this is what they'll say as well sometimes, and a seat at the table. Because if they have a seat at the table, they have much more say. They have much more ability to help that business grow. I want a seat at the table. And you know, because that covenant was given, uh, and he stayed faithful to that covenant, Jonathan's family was taken care of, and he got a, a seat at the king's table. Uh, Thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. It was great favor. Um, it, was a cons- it was consistent. Something I, I want to look at a couple things about the king's table. It was consistent. Continual, the Bible says. A regular occurrence. When you got saved, that day that you received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your, your, your destination was changed uh, from, from hell to heaven. And you got a seat at the king's table. You, you got, you got a, a portion. You, you got an inheritance. Because you, got now, you now have a covenant. You will get an inheritance. The, the, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews 13.5, For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor 
forsake thee. That's consistent. No, you know, even despite who I am, despite who you are, there's reliability when it comes to the Lord. There's consistent, there's dependence. There's a t- d- dependability when it comes to the Lord. As well as he's talking about the king's table, if you look over uh, to, to verse 10, Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread alway at my table. So first, first it, was, it was consistent. It was continual. He got three meals a day and probably got some snacks in between. I don't know. But now it's, it's, it's committed. He had a committed seat because it was alway. He was alway. He will eat bread at my table alway. It reminds me uh, of a verse Teaching them to deserve, uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you. And lo, I am with you alway, even unto the end of the, end of the, uh, world. Amen. Jesus said that to us. That was applied for the Great Commission, for us. He is with us alway. There wasn't a time where Mephibosheth was not welcome at the table. There would not be a day where, where he said, sorry, your spot's taken. Uh, there wasn't, wasn't a time where, where there, he wouldn't be able to be there. Always. Through thick and thin. A great picture of our Lord and Jesus Christ. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's with us always. Through thick and thin. Now, if we go over through, with that thought, he's still got a spot at the table despite the circumstances. Go over to chapter 21 of the same book, 2 Samuel 21. 2 Samuel 21 and verse 1. Now, I'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, Then there was a famine in the days of David. Three years, year after year. And David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered. And this is what, why there was a famine. It is for Saul and for his bloody house, because he slew the Gibeonites. So year after year, three long years, a great famine took place. Year after year, and finally David, he was wondering what's going on and why is this taking place? He inquires of the Lord and to get the answer to the problem. It was because of Saul and what he did. He murdered many people. What do I do? Verse 2, the king called the Gibeonites and said unto them, Now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. And the children of Israel had sworn unto them, and Saul sought to slay them in his zeal to the children of Israel and Judah. Notice he sought to slay them in the zeal of the children of Israel and Judah. Just a side note here. It's important that we don't get the uh, disportioned zeal. It's important during this time that we have the zeal of the Lord, not the zeal of an opinion, not a zeal of the children of Israel or the children of Canada or the children of this or that, but that our zeal would still be found in the word of God, not uh, uh, anything around that's taking place around us. Wherefore, David, verse 3, said unto the Gibeonites, what shall I do for you? He just wants this famine to end. And wherewith shall I make an atonement that ye may bless the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites 
said unto him, We will have no silver nor gold of Saul. For his house, neither for, uh, neither for us thou shalt kill any man in Israel. And he said, What ye shall say, I will do for you. And they answered the king, The man that hath consumed us, and that devised against us, that we should be destroyed from remaining in any of the coast of Israel, let even, or sorry, let seven men of his sons be delivered unto us, and we will hang them up unto the Lord in Gibeah of Saul, whom the Lord did choose, and king and the king said, I will give them. But look at this. But the king spared Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, because the Lord's oath was between them between David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. So, I mean, Mephibosheth was on the chopping block. Mephibosheth would have lost his life that that day. But because of the covenant, he was spared. Because of, of, of that oath that was set between David and Jonathan, he spared him. And it just kind of goes back. All, all this, uh, this is really just a picture of, of of salvation, of, of God and the wayward sinner. And, and, you know, just to think that God's wrath was satisfied because of Christ. <laughs> my, my head was on the chopping block. Your head was on the chopping You deserve a place called hell, but because of Jesus, the intercessor, we're spared because of the covenant that we've entered into. <clears throat> He was counted as royalty at the table. Look at verse 11. Then said Ziba unto the king, according to all uh, that uh, my lord the king hath commanded his servant, so shall thy servant do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table as one of the king's sons. Now, not just a friend. Not just a friend coming over for a visit. Not just a continual guest but a son. He's going to be part of my family. He's got a position now of royalty. It reminds me of the verse found in John 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You see, when we accept Christ, we have put our faith, a saving faith in Jesus Christ. It's a message from the king that changes our life. And we are now literally going from rags to riches. Do you think that, that perhaps maybe somebody went to Mephibosheth down the road and said, hey, Mephibosheth, would you ever like to come back to Lodavar? Would you ever like to come back again to visit the place of, of no pasture, the place of no hope, the place of despair? And I'm sure Mephibosheth said, no, I, I, I'm seated in the, in the, the, the kingdom. I, I'm a part of the king's family now. I, I've, I've got a hope. I've got security. Uh, I, I'm part of the kingdom. And don't go back to Lodabar. Don't go back to Lodabar. Where is your Lodabar? There's a seat at the table for you. Galatians 3.26 says, For ye are all the children of God. How? By faith in Christ Jesus. How do we get a spot? 
How do we get a place at the king's table? How does that take place? By faith in Jesus Christ. You'll have that spot reserved for you in heaven. Now, I I find this interesting, the last verse. I'm I'm wrapping this up. I don't have much more here. But I I find this interesting, the last verse. Look what it says. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem, for he did eat continually at the king's table. And then then it says this. And he was lame on both his feet. So, okay, we already knew he was lame on both of his feet. We, we've read scripture about that when he was five years old. It says it in this passage of scripture, and it ends this, this portion of scripture, this chapter, with this. And he was lame on both his feet. Let's go over to, to Daniel, chapter number one, and think how the world operates when it comes to the kingdom, and who the world, what kind of kingdoms want, you know, they want the cream of the crop because they can choose uh, the best And in a kingdom, you want people fit. You want people meant for the job. You want the cream of the crop. And this gives us a little thought of how the world operates as far as who can come into their kingdom. Uh, Verse 4, Daniel 1, verse 4. Now, this is Daniel, and this this is a description on who could be in the kingdom, the Babylonian empire. Children in whom was no blemish, it's number one, but well-favored, number two, skillful in all wisdom, number three. Number four is in cutting in knowledge, number five, understanding science, um, number six, to stand in the king's palace, number seven, and that they might teach the learning of the tongue of the Chaldeans. Wow, there's quite a, quite a list there. I mean, they even had to be good-looking. They had to be very smart. They had to be able to stand in the king's palace. And then we go back to our scripture, and it just reminds us here, and he was lame. He got to eat at the king's table. He got an elevated position. Oh, by the way, he was lame on both his feet. Just goes to show us uh, a picture of, of, of the gospel here. And really, a Mephibosheth is a picture of the unconverted soul living in a barren land. He was an outcast from the fallen house of Saul. He was unable to come to the king to beg for mercy, being lame on both his feet. But the gracious sovereign sought him out in order to bless him. Mephibosheth was given great riches and a place of fellowship at the king's table. Like Mephibosheth, we too are helpless and unable to come to God. Our condition was hopeless, being part of this fallen race. But by God's grace in our faith, we became objects of divine favor. We have been elevated to a place of the family of God and have been made joint heirs with Christ. Isaac Watt, Watt put it this way. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my heart my life, my all. We, we have an elevated position, a spot at the king's table because of Jesus Christ. For 2,000 years ago, Christ paid your, paid your price. All the sin was placed on him so it didn't have to be placed on you. So that, that message of the gospel of Jesus Christ could be given, could be received. What if Mephibosheth said, no, I'm good dwelling in Lodabar. I'm good just staying in, in where I'm at. I'm good. I don't want to go to the king's uh, palace. I don't, I don't want to be part of the, I don't want the blessing of the king. Sadly, so many people are, are living in Lodabar. Satisfied with Lodabar, they don't want the, the riches of, of 
the heavens through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's our prayer for you, is that you would consider the gospel. You would consider your position. Where are you dwelling? Where are you at this evening? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I can't help but think there would be somebody that's viewing that that maybe is struggling with the thought of Lodabar, a place of despair and no help. And they want to get to the king's palace. They, they want a relationship with Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that even right now, they, they would bow their head and, and turn their heart over to you. That they would stop fighting against, against the kingdom, against God, and they would surrender to the King of kings and Lord of lords. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As the piano plays, I just maybe you just like to pray. Maybe you know somebody living in a spiritual Lodabar. Maybe you know somebody uh, that, that's just struggling. You need to pray for. Maybe yourself, you've been stuck in that Lodabar. And you, you want a spot at the king's table. Would you pray for that person? Would you yourself consider Christ? The gospel, the message that changed everything, the, the message of the king, the king of kings and lord of lords. One day we will bow. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will, will confess. You have a choice to confess him now on earth or confess it in heaven. But when you're in heaven, it'll be too late. Confess while you still have the time. Call on him while he may be found.